I just like to I just like to live in the world where you're gonna break you into guys, the podcast. You, you guys can find out at the end of the show. <laughs> CavsCorner.com podcast. CavsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place of Franklin States in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, August the 4th. <sighs> Football season is literally right there. Cavaliers start practice Friday morning early. Um, we got an email today. It was just a litany of names and coaches and availability, and it was glorious. Um, and I won't do any of it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, before we, we get started, we're going to talk, uh, obviously, about camp. And we're going to talk about um, Leon Bond committing to Tony Bennett and the Cavaliers and what that means for um, 2022 and the program as a whole. Um, so let's go around and introduce everybody. First, I, I guess he's in Fishersville. Fishersville is, I guess, where you are, right, Dave? David Spence is on the show. Yeah, it How's is. it going, my friend? Yeah. It's going well. I just got back from... Um Smith Mountain Lake, so you're you're not wrong to question yourself, but I am indeed in Fishersville. Um, glorious four day vacation. That's about all a small business owner can take this year. Um, I got plenty of months off last year, so no complaints. Who Dave's on the board at Who Dave's on Twitter. I just love that I found out you were on vacation because your daughters put a headband on you. I didn't have hey, any man. idea you were you were like at the you know taking time that, off. Isn't that the whole point of vacation for no one to know you're on vacation? I mean, I I know, but I'm like a friend. Like I'm not like yeah. you know I wasn't coming to the store to buy some bats you know like I'm I'm like a friend I you know I bet you Ferber knew Ferber probably did know. Speaking of up in Loudon, stuff writer Justin Ferber also is on the program. What's going on, my friend? I don't think I knew, but I also don't think I have to answer your questions anymore, do I? <laughs> <laughs> At Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. Oh man! And speaking of the person whose questions you have to answer. Uh, David Doman is uh, joining the program, our our new managing editor. How's it going, dude? I've got a lot of questions. <laughs> do do any of them? No, I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know. What's the latest? <laughs> I don't want to know. Oh man. Um, okay, so Damon, this is the part where you do the you do the Twitter handle, and then I can do at Damon Doman. There it is. Cavs Corner, also on Twitter, Cavs underscore Corner, great place for the in-game updates, content items that Damon writes, and the occasional witty banter. That's when um, you should have said at Cavs underscore Corner and just yeah. gone for it. I uh, That actually would have been really funny. We have not actually – so I, let me back up a step. For anybody who is, uh, has not seen anything on the website or on, on the Twitter machine, uh, Damon has come on as managing editor of the site. Uh, I'm going to stay on as publisher and owner, um, but my day-to-day I'll be sort of in the background and Damon's going to be handling everything. Um, <laughs> the other day, I don't know if it was that yesterday or the day before, like we, we did a zoom and he's like slotting his first story and he like picked it up really fast. And I was like, it was almost like kind of intimidating how fast he picked it up. And I was like, um, I don't know how I feel about that. That, that, that was not nearly as, as tough as I, I, I guess I thought it would be. Um, Damon was like, yeah, yeah, this is fine. So then the next thing he's like, yeah, no, I'll just post that. I'm like, oh, great. I'm quickly becoming 
um, completely useless. But anyway, um, yeah, I, uh, I think we have, we have not had an in-depth discussion about the, uh, Twitter handle situation. I do think I'm going to change it from just, you know, my name on it to just Cavs corner. So there, there's no ambiguity. Um, <clears throat> but in the same token, um, you know, I, I think, you know, he's got his own sort of identity with his, so I don't want to like, you know, jettison that part. We just need to get him verified. Uh, Damon, you've been on, on the, in the, in the chair for approximately three days now. Um, I tried to announce your, your, your arrival and there were all kinds of moves in the, in the UVA recruiting website market. Uh, <laughs> really got the dominoes falling. I mean, seriously, people, yeah, it's like conference realignment. All over. it was right. We had our own like little, uh, little trauma. What I think was really funny though, was a number of people reaching out to me like, Hey, we're, are you doing this thing with, and I'm wait, what? No, no. But you know, I, I know that that, that was a hot, hot topic of conversation in, uh, other portions of the interwebs. Um, but anyway, three days on, um, you haven't quit yet. So that's a good sign for me. Um, how are, how, how's it going so far? I am stressed beyond the gills. Oh no. Uh, not, not, not sleeping well at all. Uh, no, I think it's going fine. I mean, it's uh, obviously it's, it's kind of the lead up to Friday and business will really pick up when we get out there to practice on Friday morning and, and uh, start getting, getting a look at this football team here and, and, you know, start formulating some stuff. So yeah, it's, you know, kind of dipping my toes in it a little bit, trying to get more comfortable with, uh, this message board lifestyle now, uh, trying to figure out how that all works and, and all that fun stuff. So, uh, looking forward to becoming more active on there as well, obviously when there's more to talk about here in the next few weeks. So I think it's basically, yeah, I started this week, but I think it's still kind of a countdown to Friday once things really, really get going here and, and, and when the business really picks up. So that's when the fun starts. Um, I'm also curious in terms of what you expected the first few days to be, what is, what is this? What is, what does it feel like so far? Uh, to be honest with you, I didn't really know what to expect. I was kind of going into it, uh, pretty open-minded. So it's, uh, it's, it, you know, it's, it, it, it hasn't been a whole lot of stress yet. Uh, I don't think, um, like I said, I'm still just trying to, the, the recruiting, the recruiting aspect of it, I'm trying to educate myself as best I can. Uh, and, and just trying to get caught back up on, on this football team. It's crazy how much you kind of lose touch just being away for one season. And I mean, I still kind of kept tabs on things, but not like in the trenches on a day-to-day basis, like it had been previously. So there are enough, yeah, there are enough, uh, there are enough familiar faces still around. There are enough guys who are still in the same roles, a lot of, a lot of veteran guys, but then there are a lot of guys too, that I just need to get a lot more familiar with here. And like I was thinking today, I didn't, I mean, it was only a one-year era, but uh, I didn't get to experience a Tony Poljan experience No, you firsthand. did not. No, you did not. Yeah, you know, just watching highlights and watching games on TV. So um, it's it, it's crazy how just being away for one year can really, uh, can really, there's that disconnect there that I'm trying to reconnect yeah. now. It's like a, as we roll it's like a muscle, Friday. right? Yeah, it's like exactly. Like you, you, you sat still for a year and now all of a sudden you're trying to walk again. You're like, wait a minute, what is this? I think what's also going to be interesting for you too, like even last year, like we got, you know, we got um, zooms and stuff, but I mean, you know, by and large, the guys we didn't see on zooms, they all had mask on. Right. Yeah. So like Friday when I was out there at the last uh, workout, I mean, half these dudes, I'm like looking at them and I'm like, I don't remember what your face looks like. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and like, I mean, I of all the people. Pictures, yep. I was looking at pictures and I'm like, I can name about, I don't know, half of these guys. And it used to be that you could name all of them, you know? Yeah. So, cause nothing was open at all last year. No workouts, no practices. Yeah. No, nothing, we didn't right? see anything. Yeah. We, yeah. we got, we got zooms with players after, um, but then at the same time, uh, I do think that they're going to have, even though they won't have numbers, I think they're going to have names. And if that's the case, that's uh, helpful. I mean, seriously, can you, do you, you remember those practices forever where we went and we we're like, God, who is that with the orange sleeve and the white gloves? You know, like yeah. you, you would, you would try to like, like especially like certain a, position groups. It, it was like NCAA like, football. You'd look for the distinguishing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, <laughs> like, like, like look when the, you get uh, like, when you get the deep position groups like defensive back or even like offensive line from a distance with helmets, you're like, all right, a lot of these guys just like body type are the same. Like Exactly. Yep. And, and they're and, all wearing knee braces and they're, yeah, they're yeah. exactly right. Um, well, it should be interesting Friday for a variety of reasons, but I'm also curious like what they're actually going to do. Let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, obviously last the workout. Listen, we, we have a thing on the show, Damon, that we've always joked about called preseason awesomeness disease. And the, the idea being that like, Essentially, when all you have to focus on is the team that you talk about, the team that you see all the time, the team that you uh, you know keep up with, that inevitably, like you're gonna think that this position or that position is gonna be improved because you just sort of have to. Well, then you get a workout, right? You see some of the guys and you see the gains they've made and the guys who changed their entire physiques and stuff, and you're like, oh snap, so and so is gonna be really good, or so and so looked great moving through the drills and whatnot, and all of a sudden. You know, you start talking to yourself about like, oh, well, maybe they can beat Carolina or maybe they can do whatever. I'm going to tell you what, that's the best any Griswold team has looked since he's been there. I mean, it's not even close. Like these dudes, I mean, some of these linemen look look like they legitimately um, have not just like they've done that weird thing where it's like they've lost weight, but also gained a, you know, like a crap ton of muscle. Um, I, I just thought that from a from a physicality standpoint, they were in a very different place. Uh, I'm curious to see how that translates um, once they're able to start like doing some stuff. Now, admittedly, for folks who are listening, who are you know going to be chomping at the bit for updates from from practice, we're going to get the first 30 minutes open, which includes stretching and such. Um, so we at least will have a sense of like who's at least out there, right? If there are any guys hurt and that kind of thing, and then we get to talk to Bronco and a couple players after each uh, open practice. And in the middle, we'll get to talk to various other players. Now, um, one of the things that's worth pointing out is that uh, coming out of, I mean, everybody who's listening to this, knock on wood, okay, because I'm going to do that thing. But in, from, a, from a, you know, one of the things Grizz talked about was kind of the soft tissue injuries and the number of guys that they had down last year. And that was one of the things that they actually made some tweaks for. And so they're going to be in a better spot, I think, going into fall camp than they have been historically. Um, we'll wait and see what that first week is like, um, you know, and, and see, you know, where they, how, how they look the second week. Um, Dave, let's go, let's start with you. In terms of the things you want to see, what, what, what are you looking for from the reports on, on Friday morning and from, and to hear from Bronco? What, what's the thing that you want to hear from him? A question you want to have him answer or a fact that you want to hear? Like what, what do you, what, what matters to you as we get ready to, to get practice going. I mean, matters is a little strong, you know, first practice, but honestly, if you, if you just admit they're going to a three, three, five base, I'd feel good about what we've been talking about all off season. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's, um, true. that's true. <laughs> I mean, that, that's probably the, the number one thing I'd like to hear him say, but I mean, I'd, I'm interested to hear if 
we kind of get an idea of how the defensive backfield is shaking out. Because um, you look at that workout tape of, of Cross, that dude doesn't look like a safety anymore. Um, unless he's just developed some crazy good, you know, you know, crazy good athleticism at that size. So I mean, it makes me think maybe he's moving to a different role, maybe that kind of that rover position at three three five. Um so yeah, it's uh that that's a big thing. And then just wanting to know where we are health wise on everyone. It sounds like everyone's pretty healthy in the workout you guys saw. So um I mean those are always the big two. Um, you know, injuries are always high on the list coming into camp. Um but yeah the defensive backfield, I think that's what everyone is questioning. I thought it was interesting that, one, I thought Darius Bratton looked like a completely different dude to me. <clears throat> I just thought he 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 was he, he looked more lean. Um, his explosion, his explosion, yeah, wow, his explosion was back as he went through uh, the bags and stuff. I thought, especially, I, I just thought he really looked, you know, like he looked good. And I think Griswold even mentioned him, now to think about it, from the video. Um that cornerback situation is going to be super interesting between him and Grant, uh, <clears throat> and then if they—I I mean, I don't—I don't think there's a chance to cross this playing corner anymore. But uh, beyond that, you've got Anthony Johnson, you got the Hayes kid. There's a lot of options out there. Elijah Gaines, for example, um, who I th- I'm pretty sure Elijah Gaines was running with the main group, which kind of surprised me, um, to be honest. Um, for folks who who might not be accustomed to it, it, the way these last these conditioning things work is that usually there's like a main group, which is like it looks like the starters. You might have one or two guys who aren't there, um, but by and large, it's it's basically all the starters. And anybody who's kind of hanging with that group, what that tells you is that like that's sort of where the coaching staff sees them. They they see them as part of like that that lead pack. Um, the second group usually is the one that there's a lot of uncertainty because you're not sure who's close to getting into that first group or who's close to falling off, but you usually can kind of get a feel for it as you watch them sort of go through, um, different drills and things. Um, so, I mean, gains could absolutely be in that conversation. Um, but the three, three, five thing will be interesting just because we have certainly talked it to death. Um, but we're not alone. We're not the only folks, you know, talking about it. Um, it's out there. You just, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily as kind of public maybe as we've been about it. Damon, as you get ready to, to, to get to practice, um, obviously, you, you know, you talked a little bit about sort of, you know, kind of being away from it for that year, um, uh, for that season. Um, is it going to be, do you think it's going to be really clear to you? Um, some of the storylines, or do you think you're going to have to sort of like go in with a game plan on trying to figure things out? Like how, how are you feeling going into, um, trying to unpack everything that we're going to see in a very short amount of time. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I don't know. I'm kind of going into it eyes wide open, to be honest with you. I think I think there are some spots, some positions where I have a pretty good handle on where things stand. And I think those would be the spots where I, I'm familiar with the guys and familiar with the names. Like, obviously, I know who Brennan Armstrong is. Uh, I'm interested to see how the running backs kind of shake out. There are a lot of familiar names there, but you know, a lot of guys who've been talked about for a long time, but haven't exactly, you know, set the world on fire, I guess, in their UVA careers. So I'll be interested to see how that kind of shakes out. And then like the offensive line, it's crazy to me how many of those offensive linemen are still in this program at this point, guys like Ryan Nelson, Ryan Svoboda, Bobby Haskins, Olubatimi's still around, like guys like that. So I don't know. I feel like, I feel like I, and you were just talking about some of the the defensive backs, obviously I know the names like Devontae Cross, Nick Grant, Darius Bratton, Elijah Gaines is a name that I had to familiarize myself with while you were talking about him. I, cause he didn't play last year. He was a red shirt guy. Some of these names, 
I'm going to have to reconnect the dots is the way I would like the name sound familiar. And it's just a matter of, oh, yeah, that's the kid from Episcopal or that's the kid who this, that or the other thing. So I think that's going to be the biggest challenge for me is and I think actually getting out there on Friday and seeing, you know, as best we can without the jersey numbers. But if there's names out there, that'll make life a little bit easier. But it's going to be a lot of reconnecting those dots. And and I'm interested to see, honestly, a lot of these guys who I know the names, but I've never seen them practice. They didn't, maybe didn't, but it'll be interesting to see these new fa- these faces who are new to me, where they're fitting in and, and the roles they're kind of sliding into and just, just how it's kind of grown in the year that I've been gone as a program and, and as a team, this current group. So yeah, like I said, I think I'm just kind of going into it eyes wide open and, and just kind of head on a swivel more or less where like you said before we only we only get a we only get a half hour on friday to soak in and soak up whatever we can so i intend to be pretty uh pretty active at least with my head looking around and trying to soak up as much as i can and and starting to connect dots as best i can in those first 30 minutes for having gone through um you know film rooms and stuff we've talked you know about you know um we've talked about Brennan and you know, him needing to, to clean some things up, right. Um, him needing to, to, to be able to, um, to, you know, manage the game, um, to, to not turn the ball over. And I think his, his turnover issue is, is certainly, um, is certainly something, you know, not just us, but I mean, that's certainly been talked about your next film room is about, you know, pass breakdowns and, um, and, and sort of the, the secondary, right. And, and how, much of an issue that obviously has been for, for them and continues to be really, if you think about it, since what middle of the season in 2019, I mean, they have really never really recovered from that. Um, but overall in terms of the big picture, what are, what are your, what are your kind of feelings going into the start of camp and how, how much of, uh, of what, you know, what gets out on Friday? Like, what are you looking forward to hearing about? Yeah, I mean, I, I spent so much time in those first two film rooms, like talking about the negative things and, and things that UVA needs to clean up if they want to be good this year. And I, I kind of would rather talk right now about some things that I'm excited about. Yeah, give it and, to me. You know, like I, I really want to know what the plan is at wide receiver, um, like what the pecking order is there. Just with Lavelle Davis being out, at least for the foreseeable future, um, you know, does does Wicks just slide into that spot or, or do they have some other sort of plan for him? Um, is Rayshon Henry going to go from sort of like a sometimes utilized player um, to maybe like a starter or a guy that they can really depend on? Um, because, you know, they're not just missing Davis. They're also trying to replace Terrell Jano, who's obviously very productive um, during his last couple of years. And, you know, you bring Billy Kent back. I think his role is pretty solidified. I don't have a lot of questions about him. But I am curious about Wicks and Henry and then what they're going to ultimately end up doing with Keaton Thompson. Because, you know, last year they used him sort of as a Swiss Army knife. He lined up in the backfield a lot. And I would be surprised if those things completely go away. But I also kind of want to know how the coaching staff feels about his development, you know, playing a position that he's not really familiar with before his time at UVA last year. Um, and, and you could really maybe see some gains in terms of like what routes they're comfortable having him run and like what he can do. Um, in addition to all the wildcat quarterback stuff that I'm assuming we'll, we'll continue to see. So I'm kind of ex- excited to see what they do at wide receiver and obviously tight end um, in, in this season. And, and um, you know, it's obviously some familiar faces, but I think they're, 
there's a lot of guys that UVA fans are excited about, and I think for good reason, and I'm pretty optimistic about the group overall, but there are some questions about, um, you know, the overall like depth of the group and like, you know, what everybody's role is going to end up being by the time the season starts. Um, all right. I, I want to unpack that one. All right. I don't care if, if Damon's in the chair or not, Dontavian Wicks is my guy. Nobody's allowed to call Dontavian Wicks. I've been waiting for a long time for Dontavian Wicks to be my guy. I understand that I got really, you know, I, 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 I was the one, I was the one leading the Lavelle Davis train last year. Um, but very, I, I mean, seriously though, I am, I think Wicks is going to be great. I don't know if you can necessarily plug him in and um, expect to get the sort of same bump that you get from Davis simply because they're just different players. But the your right. point about Jana, like I'm going to be honest, that is the first time that my brain really tried to wrap itself around just how integral he was to the offense. And I, I mean, you know, my apologies to to him. I, I I did. It's not intentional. It's just like the dude was such a silent assassin. Like other guys made big plays, but Jana was the one who moved the sticks. And so, like that's that dependable piece. Now, Dave's going to have a guy. And Dave's guy is probably going to be the thing that, you know, makes the engine go this year. Um, Johnny Woods is an absolute freak of nature. I mean, dudes that big are not supposed to move that quick and bend like that. Like, they're just not. Like, I've seen plenty of basketball players who are, you know, light on their feet and agile and, you know, can can kind of move as they turn their hips and stuff. But, like, dude, watching, watching Jelani Woods go through that cone drill was i mean it's one of those times you're like yeah that's what like a guy like as i said on twitter a guy who gets the hype that's what that's supposed to look like so i imagine that woods will be the the sort of the <clears throat> the addition that makes uh a lot of the offense work and probably takes up a lot of those um those Jana catches um he certainly will create mismatches and What's funny is that, like, talking to different people around the program, they all talk about how much of a physical freak he is, but then they're like, and still, none of that matters because the best thing he can do is block. Like, that is his, like, you you don't you don't know yet. Like, I've heard multiple players or, you know, folks around the program tell me, you don't you don't know yet. You don't get it. Like, that, you got to see the dude block. Um, so I'm, I'm actually really curious to see that part. Um, Dave, let's go back to you. I mentioned Woods and being your guy. Um, do you... <laughs> Do you have another guy? Like, is there obviously, you know, he's when we get to that that podcast down the road, you're gonna you're gonna say like he's gonna be your dude. But do you have somebody who's in the discussion? Somebody else who you know can make that conversation interesting before you ultimately selected Woods as your guy? Like, do you have a dude that you you're excited? You're just about? trying to get me to be like you and have like two guys. No, 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 no. <laughs> listen, I only I, listen. I only took Lavelle Davis once. Wicks was hurt. Okay, yeah. I didn't. I I came out like that. If anybody, you know, like if I ha, if I you know do the from Wayne's World now, and we can go back to that podcast, I was like, listen, this guy's gonna turn some heads, and y'all were both like, wait, we hung up. I remember we hung up. Y'all were like, wait, really? I was like, dude, I think he's gonna be great. Um, but that was only because Wicks yeah. was hurt. So no, I'm only saying. I'm just saying, like in terms of guys you're excited about, you your your dude is is very clearly demarcated yeah. in the same. Uh, I mean, look, I'm excited about Wicks too. I mean. Um, I mean, I think Mike Collins is pretty high on my list. You know, if if they can prove they can actually hand the ball to the running back consistently, um, you know, I loved what we saw with him prior to the fumble. Um, obviously, he, he sat out last year, but to me, like he's got the best burst of any back we have on the roster. Um, whether it's going to equate to a lot of touches this year after being gone last year, and with the other guys in the in that room. 
I don't know, but he's a player that excites me and I look forward to seeing him touch the ball on the offensive side. Defensively, like I know um, Jackson's get a lot of talk, a lot of the defensive linemen are. I'm kind of interested to see what Noah, Noah Taylor can do, you know, with another year in the system, another year of development. Um, and, you know, if there's a scheme change in the defense where they're playing more, you know, nickelback stuff, that's going to free him up a lot more to, I think, do what he can do a little better. I don't know that he's a he's got the size to set the edge, so he's he's going to be a, a, a rusher. Um, but I do know he has the athletic ability to cover. So if he's able to be a little more freelance, I'm excited to watch what he could do. So, yeah, I mean, Wick, Woods is my guy. But, yeah, Hollins and Taylor I'm excited to see too. Um, for I'm going to come back to you, and then, I'm, Damon, I'm coming back to you. Uh, in terms of, like, things that would concern you, right? Like, we talked a lot about this offense and the traditional run game, the experience of the um, offensive line, Rod Smith, the former, uh, I guess, OC uh, over at Illinois, is now a, um, a staffer uh, at UVA, which is an interesting choice considering that, like, that some of those uh, support positions have sort of moved around a little bit in terms of, you know, things being filled, things le- being left open, spots getting eliminated here and there um, throughout the department. But anyway, Ferber, in terms of the offense, what's the most important piece of it to you do do they have to have a traditional run game that's you know in that sort of dominant category if um you know if wicks and and maybe let's say henry becomes you know sort of like janna uh and they're able to get a lot out of like um demique starling or uh, you know guys in addition to woods what what do you what do you feel like is the is the is a secret sauce of this offense is it just simply brennan's got to mind his p's and q's is it that the offensive line can't allow any pressure. Like, what do you feel like is is the thing that can that is kind of keeping this group from being um, better than they were last year? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm not as worried about the traditional run game just because the quarterback run has been so explosive. Um, and, and if you get the second half of the season version of the quarterback run game, especially once they got Thompson more involved in that, I think that the running back situation will be okay. I think it's really going to come down to Brennan's development as a passer. Um, I think what we saw from him last year, uh, you know, a little bit up and down at times, especially early in the season, and then obviously he got hurt. Um, I, th- I think if we can get what we saw from him in the back half of the season, it would be exclusion of that tech game where he didn't play that well. Um, I-, I think that, you know, he can, if he can take that and do that over 12 games, I think that bodes really well for their ability to um, move the ball and score points. And I think teams are going to really try to stack the box against UVA because they're going to be so worried about the short passing game and the, and the quarterback runs and, you know, obviously traditional running. Um, and so much of their passing is around the line of scrimmage. So I think teams are going to make him beat them over the top. And, and with Davis out, I could see teams really trying to force his hand in that way. And I think his ability to make plays down the field, take guys in stride and then cut down on the turnovers, I think um, will definitely be the thing that kind of, um, will take him and the, and the UVA offense with him to, to the next level. All right, Damon. So a lot of what we're talking about <clears throat> is storylines, right? Um, what are the two or three for you that are kind of, you know, things when you talk to Bronco on Friday, something that you're really, you know, curious to hear about, like, is there in terms of the storylines and in terms of what fans obviously are, are going to be looking for out of this, um, is it COVID related? Is it you know, what are the what are the main storylines for you as you go into this first practice? 
Well, it's just interesting when you look back. And again, like I said, I wasn't in the trenches last season, but I paid attention. I kept tabs and it, it's just the way that defense, so many of those guys were back, but it still seemed to just underachieve, uh, I think is a fair way of putting it. And, and I know there were some injuries and some other factors uh, as part of that, but it's just interesting that, excuse me, that so many of these, like Joey Blunt is back, like, like the other guys in the secondary who we talked about earlier, a lot of those guys on the defensive line, like, like Mandy Alonzo's back for another year and Famui missed last year. He uh, didn't play last year. It's just, how are they going to fix the defense? I guess is the thing that interests me the most. How are they going to, because I think when I think back to 2019, I think about Bryce Perkins and I think about so many of the plays he made, but the defense was so integral in winning that coastal division that year. And then I feel like those last two games of 2019 really kind of showed them the Clemson game and then the Florida game, those two really good offenses that they played, they showed them the steps they still had to take defensively. And so you kind of go into last season thinking, and again, this is me from afar looking on and thinking, all right, now they kind of know where they need to improve and where they need to get better coming off of those two games against those two really good teams. And it just seemed like the defense didn't take that step forward and may have even taken a step backward. And so this, I mean, when Bronco got here, his reputation was as a defensive coach and the defense for a long time, those first couple of years was kind of the backbone of this program. And so it's interesting to me to see now that it's the defense, excuse, it's the offense that's kind of leading the way now. And so I, I'm, I'm most interested just to see how do they improve on defense? What adjustments do they make? You guys have talked about the three, three, five. There are a lot of veteran guys back. Nick Jackson, I want to see more Nick Jackson because he was playing a bit role uh, when I was on the sideline every game in 2019. I want to see what he looks like as like an every down guy. And I think that'll be interesting to see. But that to me is the most interesting storyline to me is how do they get back to where they expect to be as a defensive team? Speaking of looking back, let's talk a little bit about this uh, oral history um, that Damon did. Um <laughs> I, I, first off, before we before we actually talk about sort of how it came together, Damon, I want to turn it to Ferber and Dave, because um, I, I I know how like in the weeds the three of us get about stuff, and reliving some of these things, you know, from that time period from a different angle was was eye opening for me in a variety of different ways. But I'm just curious. Um, Dave, let's start with you. In terms yeah. of the things that you you read about in this thing, did anything surprise you? What what caught you off guard, and and what what do you remember most? Like what stood out the most? All right, was I supposed to read that? Oh <laughs> yeah, a, right. It was okay. A, it was okay, you're work. so funny. It's incredible work, Dave, and I enjoyed it. Um, Says the person who texted me that day and was like, "Wait, who took whose number? Wait, what?" <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, Dave, we can make those jokes about the stuff Brad writes, but we got to yeah, 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 yeah. do that to Damon. That's not nice. Yeah. We got to break. We got to break him in. I'm okay. <laughs> I can handle it. Yeah, you can. Okay. Yeah, Brad. Can't I've do done so road trips with Doug Dowdy. <laughs> he said, "I've done road trips with Doug Dowdy." That's true. Yes. I mean, yeah, and you oh. had to cut your teeth going up against Marty Hutlaw for the nightly. I mean, <laughs> how do you, how do you overcome that competition? I mean, uh, the guy iron sets a high iron. bar. Yeah, yeah, that's one way to put it for sure. <laughs> uh, no, back to the series matter at hand. Um, no, the. Uh, 
it was just fun thinking back because like it, it seems like so long ago, right? And you know, it kind of wasn't in the <laughs> at my age, it definitely wasn't. Um, it because I, you know, you'd kind of heard from afar like what the players thought of it. Um, but usually the guys at the mic were the guys who bought in, right? Um, so it was nice to see like you know Micah and, and them kind of talking about how they didn't like it, even though those guys to me were kind of the the face for the change, you know, and face for the acceptance and, and buy-in ultimately, but obviously they struggle with it at points, but yeah, I'd forgotten about, you know, the miles Robinson thing, um, taking the number and all that, all that. It's just, the whole thing was just fun. It was, it was a fun trip down memory lane. I don't know if one thing in particular stood out to me, um, but I mean, if you think about it during the time, especially as they were going through that season in two and 10, you know, it's fun to see that they understood, like especially the guys who never got to enjoy the fruits of the labor they helped, you know, the foundation they helped lay. Um, yeah, it was a good read. Uh, I hope there's a part four. <laughs> don't put that, don't put no that evil on him, Ricky Bobby. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, so one thing that you, you just said, Dave, that I, for I'm, I'm really curious about from your end, because like it was almost bittersweet to me, you know, like, yes. Eventually, you know, they were able to to do some some good things and 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 such, but it didn't happen for a lot of the guys that are quoted in that story, right? Um, now, admittedly, some of them are still around the program, right? Um, several of them, in fact. Um, but at the same time, like it's just not the same. And it, it, it there was a part of me that sort of felt bad because I knew those kids as recruits. You know, I remember when Quinn was a you know was a junior in high school, and I remember you know, interviewing Dante and, and talking to these guys before they came in. Um, so it, it, it was a little bittersweet for me, just, you know, understanding that like where they sort of fit in the pantheon of, of, of time um, in, in terms of the way you, you, you viewed it forever. What, what stood out to you? What, anything surprised you? What were your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of crazy putting it back in perspective. I mean, we, the thing that kind of stood out to me was like, it took me back to watching them do those things. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I remember going to that first practice and just being like, what the hell is happening? Like dudes were like rolling around on the ground and then like getting up and sprinting. We saw very, very little football that day. Um, and I just was like, man, what? like at first I was like, oh, this is going to be like the greatest thing that's ever happened. And then obviously they took the field and things didn't work out for a while. Um, but yeah, I mean, just reading the piece, it was like, you kind of just got the, like, it confirmed all the stuff that I thought at the time and now, like, you know, just how much of a reset it was. And um, I don't, I'll say it this way. I don't necessarily think you have to like, basically like redo your culture through like manual labor or whatever you want to call it, like, you know, really hard work like that. But I think the way that they did it sort of did separate the guys that wanted to be there and the guys that maybe just wanted to play football somewhere. Um, and the guys that wanted to be there ended up being the guys that, you know, kind of got them back into the postseason and beyond over the next few years. But yeah, it was great to hear all their perspectives. And, and honestly, one of the things that kind of stuck with me from the piece was just how honest I felt like the players were. And I don't know, Damon, if you felt that way, you know, but it felt like they felt like enough time had passed where they could just lay it all out there. Yeah, I I thought they were all really candid, but but I think they were candid in a good way. I think like like Dave mentioned how Micah was like, yeah, I hated some of this stuff, but they hated it at the time. But as as time went on, I think they understood 
why they understood the value of it. They they could see the bigger picture. And, and I think, I think that's, and, and I mean, yeah, the, the thing you have to keep in mind is these are the guys who did stick it out. I'm sure the guys who, who decided it wasn't for them did not see the bigger picture. Maybe they do. That'd be an interesting story too. The guys who didn't stick it out and transfer it out what they think looking at it now, but uh, it's, yeah, I thought they were all really candid. It was crazy. Like the first guy I talked to was Matt Johns and I was like, oh man, he was really good. And then the next guy I talked to was Quinn and Quinn was just like, oh, he, like he, he, he was great. And it just, every guy I would talk to would just have a different, just slightly different perspective on it. And they'd say a lot of the same things, but they each had their own, like I said, perspective on it. It was just so much fun catching up with these guys and hearing their versions of these events like you said i remember being at that first practice too i remember being at that spring practice when they got in the fight and just hearing the whole backstory behind what went down there and what led to that and and just it was just it was so much fun just just catching up with those guys and they were all really honest and i think they were honest just because uh you guys used the term bittersweet which i think i agree with completely but i think there's they remember it fondly as well they they look back on as something they accomplished and they remember it fondly and so yeah they they had no reason not to be honest and it was it was really from my perspective hearing that honesty i really appreciated it and it was really candid and i thought i thought it kind of it, it 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 i thought it conveyed itself really well into the into the story yeah um so for for folks who who obviously don't know cuz these are conversations Damon and i had um, I can't remember when he first said to me, like, hey, I've got this idea, but I feel like it was like early-ish baseball season. It wasn't that far in, right? It was, it was not... at some point in spring football practice. Yeah, okay. Because my original plan was to do it uh, sp- during spring football, and just because of baseball and other stuff, I just, I just kind of backburnered it until finally getting around to it this summer. So, so Damon throws us out there and I was like, holy crap, that's like an incredible idea. Right. And listen, there's a certain amount of pride, right. That comes, <laughs> that comes with this thing. And every once in a while, somebody will have an idea that I will get mad at myself for not having. Um, and that was one of those ideas. I was like, God, that's a really good idea. Um, I, I thought what you got out of them, um, was, was just really impressive. Um, I told Damon this and I'll, I'll share it on the, on the show too. But so Friday I go out to um, condition. And as I mentioned, there's several of the guys quoted in the story who are still around the program. And so I, you know, I talked to them a little bit and they were all like buzzing about, you know, having done this and had a chance to, to sort of talk about it and everything. And I think that's one of the fun things that, that those of us in sports media don't really think a lot about is like, I think a lot of times, especially w- when you do recruiting, cause like with recruits, Man, you know the kid is getting just like just blasted with text messages about setting up interviews, right? At, you know, guys asking questions, you know, like, hey, when are you going to decide who, who's in your top group? You know, where are you going to go on your visit this weekend? You know, that kind of stuff. Um, it was just it, it's it's funny because like from from where I have sat for the last decade, you know, you just get the sense a lot of times that like people are answering your questions and they're and a lot of times they're doing it. You know, because they, you know, they genuinely are answering your questions. But at the same token, like, they probably wouldn't be if they weren't, you know, they weren't supposed to be there, right? They're not actually going to get fined in the um, uh, in the, the joking vernacular of the day. But, like, you know, they just, they do it because that's what they're supposed to do. 
these guys genuinely were just really excited to talk about this thing. Um, and I think it kind of goes back to my point about, you know, kind of being bittersweet that they were part of the lane of this foundation for this thing. Um, and at the same time, didn't necessarily get to enjoy the success. But what they do get to enjoy is they get to watch the, t- you know, the program sort of where it is. And they know that they had, you know, a hand in that. And I think, you know, just you could you could tell that there was a lot of pride in, you know, in them as they talked about going through this and an experience that like nobody else, you know, could imagine. I mean, heck, can you imagine in a situation where the changeover between London and, and, and Bronco happened amid you know, a pandemic, right? Like if it had happened, you know, like asking these guys to, you know, to do all this, uh, you know, and sacrifice so much and to go about it the way they did and be pushed as hard as they were pushed. Um, I, I just, I don't know, man. It, I, I think that any sort of coaching change, you know, if you went back and talked to guys who, um, you know, who, who, who played for one coach in the next, there, there, there are going to be lots of different stories of experiences and, you know, vantage points and things. But like this one was especially telling because you had all these guys, one of them even on London staff now, right? I thought that was really cool that, you know, you were able to get Matt Johns to, to really talk openly about sort of where he was, you know, as he went through that change and everything. I just thought the 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 level of, of honesty and also the excitement with which they, they talked about it, I, I think that that was really telling. And I think that, you know, the, the links are in the show notes for this this podcast and, and the uh, content item. If you have not read it yet, you need to go read all three parts. It's long, um, but you know what? That's the way it works sometimes, especially, you know, when you're talking about, um, you know, I, I forget how many, what the specific number of guys that you, you talk to, Damon, but I mean, it's a, uh, it's a lot of, uh, of great stuff. And I just wanted to ask him about DDP yoga. And then it just kind of <laughs> that's, all, that's really what all it was. He just wanted to talk about DDP yoga. I will never forget that as long that, as I that can be your next retrospect. Oh story. my god, that, DDP yoga! What in the that's world? where the whole idea came from. I wanted to, I was doing DDP. There's a there's a workout on the DDP yoga app called Virginia Cavaliers. It's from like August third, August second, twenty sixteen, from that summer. And I was doing it the one day and I was thinking, I wonder what Micah Kaiser is thinking as he was doing this. I went and I was like, <laughs> I should track those guys down and ask them. And then it just kind of branched out from there. But it all started with DDP yoga. DDP yoga. That's one of those things you should, we don't we don't talk about enough. We just don't talk about enough. All right. Real quick. Let's let's talk about speaking of things we haven't talked about. Um, Virginia, obviously switching gears on the on the basketball front. Cavaliers go out and get a commitment from Leon Bond. I'm going to call him a three-star forward. We have him grossly underrated, and I have made the mothership aware of my um, um, disagreement with that ranking and rating. Um, so hopefully, you know, when things go through the the re-rank and stuff, we'll we'll, we'll get some we'll get something that's a little bit more commonsensical. Uh, I think it's an absolute, just you know, one hundred percent. Uh, home run for for UVA, not just because of McNeely, but also because of who Bond is. Uh, Dave, let's go to you. What's it, when you, when you found out? You know, well, I, let me let me back up a step because Dave's going to try to take a victory lap, and I want to go ahead and give it to him. Dave is very good at giving us the like what the what what the tweets say, right? Dave's very good at being like, well, you know, all the tw- all the Twitter likes seem to look like it's going to be Stanford, and then what is it? It's Stanford. Um, but Dave, Dave is very good at this, like, you know, day or so beforehand, you know, you, you could talk to a bunch of people and be like, oh man, it's 50, 50. Dave would be like, no, it's not. It's going to be such and such. <laughs> and more often than not, he's right. 
So I want to give him his props, yeah. give him his flowers here. Thanks. Um, There's a but, useless skill I have. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but 20. what did what did what did this commitment mean to you and and how does it sort of shade your view of where virginia is right now i mean it's good you know mcneely obviously it's a great start um it, you know i think if one thing we saw last year obviously you know you had trey murphy who was drafted you know 17th wasn't it um so obviously we had some talent on the team last year um but no, no slight to trey who was learning the defense we didn't have that elite like wing defender, which all good Virginia teams have had, um, you know, even, even big wings, like a kill, you know, kind of a positionless for, you know, big guy that he was, but, and I think that's what bond can be. I think he's a little raw on, the, you know, as far as, a, as being a shooter right now, but if you look at where he should fit, you know, assuming everything falls in a row and as Virginia fans, like we, we know that happens all the time, but, you know, assuming Virginia's gets lucky and is able to add Isaac Trout to Isaac McNeely, that's a good three-man group right there. I think, you know, Trout's an inside-outside guy with size. McNeely's a lights-out shooter who can distribute, you know, who can kind of instigate, you know, in initiate the offense as well. And I think Bond is really good off the dribble. He's just got to work on his three. And if he's got those two guys beside him with, you know, Milicic, if he develops, um, Caden Cheddar down the road or another big, like, I think that's a, a good roster that kind of replicates what Virginia's had success with before. Ferber, Virginia comes off of a year where, you look, there's a whole bunch of tall dudes who can shoot, and now none of the tall dudes are back, right? And the roster is going to look very different this year than it will look than it will have looked last year. Um, probably more like it's going to look going forward. Um, it's 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 a little tough because you haven't seen this year's team to really you know sort of get you know quote unquote too excited, but in in McNeely and and Bond, this is the the cornerstone. You know, if they even if they decide to just take three, you know, those are two really good pieces that fit extremely well. What are your thoughts on Bond, and how do you how do you feel about the class? And sort of did it change your opinion of sort of where the program is in terms of not like losing a step despite having a rough year last year? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't freaking out about how they were recruit. I mean, I knew that they would get guys. I didn't know that they were going to get this particular guy because honestly, and I was thinking about this when he committed. I feel like almost all these commits for UVA's are like ones where we kind of see them coming from a mile away. Um, McNeely certainly would be in that category. Reese Beekman, um, the list goes on and on. But this one was more like, I really didn't know where he was going to go, but certainly a good fit for UVA. You know, historically they've done well with his type of player. Um, I think him and McNeely will pair well together and kind of echo what Dave said about Trout added to the mix would be a great class. Um, and I think that they have a good chance to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that it's better to sort of, at least Tony, you know, I think he's had more success recruiting when he can find his guys at this time, get them and, you know, you know, get them signed um, rather than, going down the list and, and trying to figure out like what to do at a certain position. I think that bonds a good, a good player, good fit. Um, I'm excited to see, you know, what he can do when they get this class together and then, you know, down the road, you know, you could have a very strong team um, with, you know, what they're going to get from 22 and then hopefully what they can get in 23 as well. Damon in the, in the big scheme of things, um, 
<laughs> just a word a word to the wise that that Tony Bennett is very slow to offer a thing is going to drive you nuts because it's going to drive <laughs> the board nuts. Um, in, in terms of jumping back in and, and covering uh, Tony and, and company, um, now that they've got a lot of these pieces in place, what are you what are you looking forward to about being back on that beat and um, what's what kind of um, I mean, it would have been really nice if Top 100 Camp was back in Charlottesville this year because, you know, we all would have been able to see, you know, a bunch of things, uh, you know, guys up close. You would have seen McNeely. You would have seen Trout, um, a couple others, Caleb Foster, um, guys in uh, 23. But in, in the big scheme of things, uh, in terms of, you know, you talked about for football, you know, being able to kind of snap back in. On the basketball front, how much of it were you kind of paying attention last year? And, and what do you think of sort of where, um, you know, where you're headed in terms of covering them again? I watched the Gonzaga game. Well, let me let me spoil the alert. That would <laughs> not a whole lot of good takeaways from that one, other than yeah, Gonzaga's good. That's probably not the no. It's just it's it's there's a similar to football, like with football when names like Mike Collins were coming up, Dontavian Wicks, Nick Jackson. These were names when when I was when when I was on the beat on a day to day basis two years ago. These were kind of the next generation guys. And now here we are two years later and it's their time. And so it's, it's in, I'm interested to see like, what, what, what does Caden Shedrick look like now? Because he was redshirting the last season I was covering this team. And, and I know he had, he had some issues last year and didn't play a whole lot, but it's just the guys who, uh, th- this is a completely different team. Pretty much. Kihei's the only guy who's still around from that, from, from that championship yeah, team, you know? So it's, I guess Statman's still around too, but, but he hasn't, you know, he obviously doesn't have the profile of Kihei. So it's just, it's a whole new team. Now you've got the, the transfers coming in with the transfer portal. It's McCorkle didn't play a whole lot last year. And, and, you know, he was such, there was so much excitement about McCorkle, so much excitement about Beekman, so much excitement about Abdur Rahim, who's not even here anymore. And and Casey Morcel isn't here anymore. It's just, it's just wild to me just how much transition, how much turnover there has been with with the roster just in the one season that I missed. And and I watched last year and I watched Sam Hauser because that was the other thing everybody was so excited about uh two years ago was Sam Hauser. And so what you know, it's just I, it, it's it's almost like a clean slate for me walking into that basketball program because so many of the faces are new, so many of the roles are new. It's I it's almost like I'm starting not necessarily from scratch because I was here when a lot of these guys were recruited and committed and and when a lot of them got here, even if they weren't playing as much. But it's it's just really interesting this to to me to see how I know I sound like a broken record, but how much has changed and what it looks like now these guys who were so much potential when I was around every day a couple of years ago versus what do they look like now? Because now it's their time. And now they're the guys who are really being counted on instead of being the future. Now they're the present and they're the ones who are expected to, to keep that train rolling. So Mm -hmm. it's that, that to me is, is the most interesting aspect of all of it is just to see what this all looks like now. Yeah. Um, all right, last thing before we wrap up, I, I want to talk a little bit about sort of the podcast. Um, so uh, people have asked, you know, the podcast isn't going anywhere. Um, it, it might it might be a little different, but it's not going anywhere. Um, we are going to continue to do, you know, weekly shows. We're going to we're going to preview games. We're going to do exactly what you've come to expect with the podcast. Um, so I don't want to um, I don't want to be out there, you know, stressed. Um I had, a, had some emails where 
Yeah, some folks were a little worried. Um, but don't worry. The podcast is, is, is not going anywhere. It just, you know, might sound a little bit different in spots. Um, but I, I do want to take a, a quick second uh, because this is a show we've done for a, a number of years to just say thank you. Um, I, you know, I mentioned in the, in the thing I wrote on the uh, board, um, you know, that this has been the ride of a lifetime for me. And I am extremely thankful to anyone and everyone who made it possible. And um, this podcast, I mean, heck, you know, we started it in the beginning and we talked about this before, you know, at different celebrate celebratory shows. You know, we started in the beginning not really thinking it would ever become what it became. And certainly as this thing grew and as we we grew with it, um, you know, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, I, I've got people who I'm pretty sure, you know, come to the website, you know, who come to subscribe because they you know, listen to the podcast for a while. And, um, the idea that anybody spends time listening to us talk about sports and then eventually, you know, decides to, um, become a member of the site, I think is, it still blows my mind a little bit. But anyway, I just want to say thank you. Just take the opportunity to, to, to express my sincere gratitude to anybody who has supported the show. I say that every week and I, and I know, you know, I know that the things that you hear often can sometimes go in one ear and out the other. Um, I say that every week because I am deeply appreciative of folks who support the show. I am deeply appreciative of Dave and Ferber for giving graciously of their time. That's not just a shtick. It's part shtick because it's, you know, a thing I say, but I say it because I mean it. And so I am deeply, deeply appreciative of everybody who supported the show, everybody who supported the site over the years. Um, I have no doubt that Damon is the absolute right dude to do this. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to, sort of stepping back and kind of, you know, still dealing. It's so funny. Like I have not had like, um, a whole like slew of, uh, of account questions. And then like the last three days, I've gotten like 10, which has been hysterical to me. Um, like buttons that don't work and things of that nature. But anyway, I I'm, I'm looking forward to stepping back some and I'm still going to go to games and I'm really excited about, um, you know, writing the occasional column here and there. Um, but the thing is in great hands and so is this podcast. And, uh, at least until Ferber or Dave decides to say, forget this. And I'm not, I don't, I don't, we don't have time on Wednesday nights anymore. But anyway, I just wanted to say that because uh, this was my opportunity to do so. And uh, I wanted to at least spend, you know, a few seconds talking about the elephant in the room. And uh, hopefully now we can all, you know, move forward and such. Anything else for the good of the order before we wrap up this week, guys? You guys got anything else? I think you hit it all. Yeah, think so? Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty good at that. Um, well, on in in that case, uh, Damon, welcome, welcome to the Thunderdome. Uh, if you are somebody out there who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, you can look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is that you get your programs. If you are so inclined, you can give us a rating review. Uh, that always helps to get us out in front of more people, and we appreciate that. Uh, now, if you're somebody who's found the podcast but you have not actually given us a look yet, now is absolutely the right time. Okay. Uh, we have an incredible promo going on right now just for a few more days. Uh, basically, you get a year subscription to Cavs Corner for just $20.21. All you got to do is you can click the link that's in the podcast um, notes for this show or in the uh, content item for it, um, and you use the promo code who's 2020. So you sign up for an annual subscription. Um, using that promo code, you pay just $20.21, which is, you know, spoiler alert, a pretty good discount, uh, and you get the whole year for basically nothing. Um, and then, um, you get to see this thing go. You, you, obviously we've got 
all three parts of Damon's set in the standard oral history. Uh, I talked to Mandy Alonzo and Nick Jackson on Friday uh, after um, the last workout about the sense of urgency that they have. Um, some notes, obviously, from from that are also on the site. And um, video with uh, Sean Griswold talking about the summer and who stood out and what changes guys made and everything like that. Um, so I want to say uh, thank you again to um, Andy Ludicky from uh, MyPerfectFranchise.net. So for more information on them and how you can find freedom in your next venture and discover the perfect franchise for you, you can visit MyPerfectFranchise.net. And again, I want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show. I want to thank Dave and Ferber and David for giving graciously their time tonight, as always. Uh, I very much appreciate all of you. And uh, yeah, looking forward to what, what comes next. So for David Smith and Justin Ferber and Damon Dillman, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CadsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. See you soon. There's something in your-